Hello, guys. Welcome to Hilders Podcast with your hosts, Matt Chotrick and myself, Peter Fendera. This is a nursing podcast where we tackle current health news and hot nursing topics, one conversation at a time. Guys, don't forget to check us out on Instagram. Don't forget to take a look at us on our YouTube, Facebook. You know, we're everywhere. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We feel like we provide a lot of value in this podcast. So, Matt, I'm going to take it from here. Hey, guys. Welcome today. Um, it's not just me and Petey. We have a special guest. Her name is Tanya Friedman, and she's an industry expert. She works with um, Kinetic, uh, Kinetics USA. She's a ch- chief nursing officer there, and she's been there for almost 25 years, I believe, with experience in healthcare, dealing with nursing shortages. And um, we're excited to have her on because we always have questions from nurses from different international nursing students about how do I become a nurse in the United States? And me and Peter don't always have the best answer because we're not sure. So we brought an expert in to kind of tell us a little bit about that, the field, and what's going on with you know laws and things like that, legislation in the United States. How are you, Tanya? I'm good. Lovely to be here. And I'm excited to get this podcast going. <laughs> awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a small little background that maybe people don't know to give kind of context before we start? Of course. So first of all, I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Kinetics, um, and um, Kinetics are a recruitment company. We, do, we specialize in direct hire of international nurses, so that's our specialty. So we help hospitals and nursing homes and rehab facilities, correctional facilities, surgery centers all over the U.S. with the nursing shortage by bringing in internationally educated nurses. Um, I've personally been in recruitment for more than 30 years, and been doing international recruitment for uh, probably about 13 years. What got you into the, what got you into the, um, the field? What kind of, what, what's your drive? What's your passion in this and things like that? Well, as we were just chatting that we, you know, you, I think you said your parents were from Poland. I'm originally from South Africa. So I came to this country to, on the 4th of July. I always thought the date would be is important independence day. I arrived in the US as an immigrant from South Africa. I was born and raised in South Africa. Um, And it was really one of the most exciting and fulfilling journeys I've ever had in my life, but also very scary and very frustrating. So I really have a passion for helping people to assimilate and integrate into US culture because culture shock is a very real thing. So um, that was something that was really very important to me. Um, and in about 2007, I learned about the nursing shortage, which we have all heard about for many, many years. Um, and it's just getting worse and worse. So for many hospitals, it is a really tricky situation because, you know, they know that the numbers, the facts are the facts. The numbers are, are pretty scary in terms of the nursing shortage. And this was before COVID. Um, and um, a lot of hospitals and uh, nursing homes, etc., have to look at different ways of uh, meeting their numbers. So is it, is it worse um, ever since COVID started or, do, or has things like slowed down? Because you can't do international travel currently, right? So is, are you still able to bring nurses overseas to the United States even during this, the times of COVID? Yeah, so that's a good question because right now what we're seeing is a very, well, I mean, you know, the whole COVID situation obviously is very stressful for everybody and for nurses even more so. Um, and it's kind of changed the dynamics in the environment. So what we're seeing right now is that pre-COVID, there were certain facts, I mean, there were the facts, right? So, I mean, 
the American Nurse Association said that, that the US will need um, 1.1 million new nurse uh, positions by 2022, which is around the corner, that um, six, uh, 600,000 and 19 nurses will, re will retire by, by 2024, that 80,000 new grads were um, turned away from nursing school in 2018. I don't think there's stats yet for 2019. Um, that most new grads will, uh, in the first year, 17% leave the, the, the occupation, 33% leave in the second year. Um, and then you've got the aging population on top of that. So pre-COVID, there were a lot of statistics where it's pretty much supply and demand. And the, the US just doesn't have enough nurses. I mean, that was just the basic fact. Moving that along to this time of COVID, there are a lot of factors that are, first of all, putting the nursing shortage under the magnifying glass, but also are exacerbate, are in the long term going to exacerbate the situation. So you find now in this, you know, this time of, of crisis and the time of the pandemic that nurses are, um, you know, the, the nurses getting sick. I mean, I, I think on Becker's last week, Becker's health care, hospital care review, um, they said there were about 10,000 healthcare workers that have got COVID, so the nurse is going to get sick. And then there are also a lot of nurses. There was a, a study that I saw on, what is it called? Hello Blue, I think it's called, that, an online forum, um, that out of 1,200 nurses, 61% were thinking of leaving the occupation. So right now we're seeing nurses... Um, workers being you know furloughed and and hospitals laying off people including nurses in some cases travelers are being let go so in the short term because of elective surgeries there's there, there isn't a nursing shortage but i think in the medium term in the long term the situation is only going to get worse yeah those numbers yeah. Are, are quite staggering yeah they really just, are quite staggering yeah just being in the trenches and hearing just nurses talk about stuff you are right for one nurses are burned out and I think this opened up like a can of worms of what's happening in healthcare, for example, with PP, right, as we know. And it's crazy because right now in the United States, we were having these protests and riots and things like that. And there's a lot of things surfacing around social media that, hey, it costs like $15 for PPE for nurses, yet it costs like $250 for riot gear, yet every single officer has it. And there was no issues freaking, you know, sending troops within a weekend, you know, mm -hmm. to, across the United States. But we have, you know, these where we exploited these problems in healthcare that we have that we couldn't properly fight off a pandemic, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a really scary situation. Um, and I think for nurses, the, the immediate crisis, obviously, is the PPE and making sure that, that our nurses are protected as they should be. Um, but in the medium term and the long term, I think the protection also needs to come from having enough reinforcements. I mean, you know, if you look at the, I, I'm one of the, what do they call them, the silver tsunami, the, the aging baby boomers. Um, and, and we, you know, we're going to get older and sicker and they're just not enough nurses. So we need to be able to bring in reinforcements to protect our nurses that way too. Yeah, it's crazy because you said we're going to need over a million nurses in the near future. And what's crazy is that a lot of, a big percentage of nurses leave within our first or second year of becoming yeah. a nurse. Yeah. So, and you also mentioned simulation. So how do you help nurses come from overseas and like simulate to like our culture, to our healthcare? Because yeah. like you said, uh, new grads leave within their first or second year. So 
how do you prevent these overseas nurses from leaving after their first mm -hmm. or second year? I, that's another really good question because coming to the US is one thing and there's a whole journey involved for an international nurse to come to the US, but then helping them to assimilate so that they can be retained by the hospital or the nursing home is, is just an, a, another very important piece of the puzzle. Um, I, I think just in terms of the um, bringing the nurses to the US, when a nurse comes to, to come and work and live in the US, there are a number of criteria, a number of hoops, hoops and hurdles that they need to go through. So first of all, they need to pass the NCLEX exam. Um, and there are only so, certain states that an international nurse can write the NCLEX exam through um, for various reasons that I, I won't go into for the purposes of this podcast. Um, nurses also need to, if they were not trained in English, they need to pass an English exam um, called either, they can either do the TOEFL or the IELTS, two different kinds of exams. And they need to have their transcripts evaluated by an organization called CGFNS, which is a nonprofit government organization in Philadelphia that evaluates the transcripts to make sure that they're equivalent to that of an American nurse. So for any hospital or nursing home that's hiring in the US, they need to know that the nurses have number one passed the NCLEX exam. Um, and we, from within Kinetics USA, we have a number of tools to help our nurses through that process. Um, that they pass the English exam, that they're proficient in, in English, um, and also that they, their education has been evaluated. And in fact, interesting enough, enough, I would probably say about, we recruit from about 60 countries all over the world, and we've recruited thousands of nurses to come to the US. But I would probably say that about 80 to 85% of nurses actually have their bachelors. International nurses have their bachelors. So the nurses um, being recruited are highly qualified, highly engaged, really motivated, really want to come here and really want to help and are very qualified to do so. I think that's one thing I noticed uh, being a travel nurse in California, being in Oakland and different parts is the diversity of nurses, especially in Oakland. And I love working with international nurses. Sometimes they have a fresh perspective. They have different, I love just asking stories and how they came here and, and you know, the stories that they share, it kind of drives them to nursing. You kind of see the passion that they have. Is there specific benefits that you notice having a international nurse compared to a nurse in like the United States? Like, have you noticed any kind of perks or anything that the hospital prefers or you've seen better reviews from? Well, we definitely see very high retention rates on international nurses. For an international nurse to come here, they really have to want to come here. It's, it's not easy. They're not earning a lot of money. I mean, the average nurse in the Philippines, for instance, is earning like five, $600 a month. So they've got to you know, take their time, money, and effort to pass the NCLEX exam. They've got to pass the English exam. They've got to wait for a long time to come to the U.S. So they really are highly engaged and very motivated. And typically what we see is that if the hospital or the nursing home knows how to help the nurses assimilate, there tends to be a very high retention rate. Um, we have a hospital system that we work with. It's a billion-dollar company, and we've recruited hundreds of nurses for them. And they have a 96% retention rate after three years for their international nurses. Um, we personally recruited over 400 nurses for that particular client. Um, but the retention can be extremely high. Yeah, that's, a, that's really good. 96% retention rate. Like we never have that in like my unit. Like I wish ours, ours was like close to that. Yeah, so, exactly. All right. 
Yeah, I'm gonna get this straight. So yes. for someone to become a nurse here in the States, they have to obviously go to nursing school overseas. Bachelor's mm -hmm. is, is preferred, right? Just because it makes it more marketable. Then they have to pass the NCLEX exam in English over Correct. here. And they also have to pass an English exam. Correct. But so if they're international, do they have to apply for like a green card? Do they have to get like a worker's visa? What's like the, the background of that, like the, the legal matters? Yeah. So the Im, the Im, that, so what we've just spoken about is the licensing piece, right? The immigration piece is complicated, and that's why it's hard for nurses to come to the U.S., and that's where a company like ours fits in, is to help the, the nurse and the hospital to navigate the process. So on the immigration side, registered nurses um, are only one of two occupations that are called what, uh, what we call Schedule A, which means they're occupations of short supply. So those nurses can come in on a green card. They come um, get permanent residency. And when they get permanent residencies, their families, like a spouse and kids, would get permanent residency as well. So they don't typically come in on like an H-1 visa because really you will only use an H-1 visa, which is a temporary um, which is a, a, a temporary work visa for uh, somebody who's maybe like a nurse practitioner or a nurse manager. So nurses can come in on the, on, the, um, on the green card. The other way that nurses can come in is on a TN visa. And a TN visa is only for citizens of Canada and Mexico. And from my perspective, I mean, I've been doing this for many, many years. Um, and I can count on one hand the amount of Mexican nurses that have come through, unfortunately. Um, and that's really because of the English exam. A lot of them just can't get through the, the English language exam. So predominantly, when you talk about um, Canadians, you're going to be talking about the TN visa. What's one thing that's a barrier to international nurses other, th other than language? Because that's the first thing I think of, you know, yeah. so I, I understand language is a huge one. What's something else that your company struggling as barriers to getting these nurses over or just the whole process itself? Well, I think the biggest barrier is the length of time. It's a complicated process and the length of time for the nurses to arrive in the U.S. Um, right now, there is a bill in Congress. It's called the Healthcare Workforce Resilience Act. Um, it's a bill that we've actually right now been doing webinars for a lot of clients and, um, and nurse, you know, hospitals, nursing homes, etc., to educate them about this particular bill. It was it was introduced about a month ago. It was actually introduced bipartisan, which is a is a, a really good thing. So there are a lot of Democrats and Republicans that have endorsed this bill. Um, and it's legislation to, essentially what it does is it's like a fast track for green cards. So the biggest barrier in answer to your question is the length of time that it takes to get the nurses to arrive here. Um, but this particular bill, which has been introduced both into the Senate and into the House, and it's gaining momentum, by the way, um, because obviously people know about the nursing shortage. And even though there's a temporary kind of oversupply of nurses, uh, you know, right now where, um, you know, because of COVID and, and not doing elective surgeries, et cetera, you know, anybody looking at the facts knows that the nursing shortage is only going to get worse in the, in the medium and the long term. So this bill is really important. So what's like the average length of time uh, that I would take for someone that would, you know, fill out an application with the company? What would like, the time would be before they're actually here and practicing nursing? So it, it takes a long time. I mean, just out of interest, I actually, um, and this is not a typical situation, but I actually welcomed a nurse 
to Florida just before COVID started at one of our, our big facilities there. She had started this journey 13 years ago. So wow. that's, I mean, her landing in the US was just like, she cried, I cried. I mean, it was just a beautiful thing. Her, her attention <laughs> is going to be 100%. Oh my goodness, that is for sure. She's really like just, you know, given it all, all to get here. Um, and that's not to say it takes 13 years to get a, a nurse here. She had, you know, other circumstances that, um, you know, of why it took so long for her to get here. Um, but, but typically, um, it, the visa bulletin is um, a, a structure from the immigration perspective where the US government will issue 140,000 green cards a year. And each country gets 7% of those green cards. So it depends on the green card side, how long, uh, or, or should I say, which country you were born in, because it's based on country of birth. And the, the visa bulletin vacillates all the time. So um, last year, there was a period of time where it was taking everybody except anyone born in China or India, it was taking a year, like 12 months, um, towards the end of last year, it was taking 12 months if you were born in any country other than India, Philippines, or China. Philippines at that stage was taking about, I think it was around 18 months. Um, in January, it jumped to, because it, the visa bulletin got oversubscribed, there were too many people um, uh, applying, because you know it's not just nurses obviously applying for, for green cards. It jumped backwards to, um, to three years, um, and um, and this month it jumped forward in uh, 10 months. So the visa bulletin jumps all over the place um, and it can range anywhere from one to three years. Um, and that does not include anyone born in India or in China because those countries are even more backlogged. So with this Healthcare Workforce Resilience Act, will they allow specific spots that are just for a medical field, like nurses or something like that? Will it guarantee more openings and more nurses to come in and help the, the crisis that's potentially glooming after COVID? Yeah, I, I think that this act is really sensible and positive legislation if it is approved in Congress, because essentially what it does is it, it, it fast tracks the green card specifically for healthcare workers. So there's 25,000 uh, visas for nurses, registered nurses, and 15,000 for doctors, for physicians. Um, and, and really what it does is it, it doesn't, um, it, it's not uh, going according to the visa bulletin. These are recapturing unused visas that were not used over the years by Congress. Um, and, um, and, and would use those visas just specifically for healthcare workers. So I think it's really sensible legislation. I think the other good thing about, or the few things about this legislation is, first of all, it's, it's, it's bipartisan. Um, so right now there are 26, as of today, there are 26 senators um, in the Senate that have endorsed it, bipartisan, as I said. And in the House, I think it was 29 as of today. So the momentum is growing on that side. Um, the other thing that's also important is that any employer that sponsors nurse for a green card, um, if this legislation goes into play, has to mandate that the, that that particular position is not displacing any American worker. Because at the end of the day, international nurses should never really be seen as something that's intended to replace the recruitment and retention of American nurses. I mean, that's going to be the 
the first priority of every healthcare organization in the US um, and to protect American jobs, of course. But at the same time, it can be another strategy, like another tool in their toolbox to supplement their current recruitment of American nurses. Yeah, I never knew so much that goes into bringing a nurse overseas. To be honest, I personally thought it was like a, yeah. like a six-month process. You just send an application and you, and you just kind of fill out a few forms and they yeah. just wait. But clearly, there's a lot yes. more going on behind that. A lot more, yes. They re- that's why I say they really have to be there. You know, they really want to be here. They're really engaged. The quickest kind of visa is a TN visa. So um, if a nurse is coming, say, for instance, from Canada, I mean, we had a, a nurse who crossed the border this morning, um, and came to a hospital in upstate New York on the TN visa. Um, that is usually the quickest visa. It's also the least expensive visa. Um, and if the nurses pass the English, and or if, um, um, sorry, if, if they were not trained in English, they would need to pass it. But if the nurse has passed the NCLEX and um, they've got a visa screen certificate, that visa will be relatively quick. Okay, so like once they get here, do you guys also help with like, like housing, um, just like other, other things like that, because I obviously need a place to stay and, you know, they have to live here, essentially. Correct, yes. So that's the next piece of the puzzle. And um, from our side, because we've been doing this for a long time, I always say we've, I've earned every gray hair and wrinkle because mm-hmm. it's not an easy process. I've lived it myself. So, you know, that's where that passion comes in. We really want to help. And we really, from our company's perspective, we really obsess over this because, we want to give our heart and soul into helping nurses make that transition as seamlessly as possible. But in the clients that we work with, we have what we call a concierge framework, which is um, all the different things that we need to take care of when the nurse arrives. So it's right from pick up from the airport um, to um, taking them to get social security, to open a bank account, to get a cell phone, you know, all of those things that we kind of take for granted living in the US. Um, you know, that are, are, are difficult and, and extra stresses. Um, and we have a whole framework and a whole structure in how we help the nurses to make that transition. Okay, yeah, I don't see a single gray hair or a wrinkle, so you must be doing a, a pretty uh, good job. I don't know, well, thank goodness for hair dye. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes like Nurse the United States so favorable? Why do nurses wanna come here? Is it just the pay? Is it the work environment? Is it the healthcare system? What makes it so, so like, like, such a big deal to be a nurse in the United States? Well, I, I think all of those factors are important. So, you know, the first thing is, is the pay. I mean, a nurse, like for instance, in, in Philippines or India earns very, very little compared to what they would be able to earn in the US. Um, the opportunities are enormous. I mean, if you, for instance, a nurse in Philippines and you go work in Dubai, um, that's not going to be a long-term um a long-term strategy for you because after a certain when you get to a certain age you you can't retire in dubai for instance whereas obviously in the us it's more of a long-term strategy you know it, it's um this is for yourself and for your children your children and for the future of your family um if you're coming with a family so you know there's the the um the financial reasons there's the opportunity there's the opportunity also to expose you be exposed as a nurse to cutting edge technologies and, um, you know, best practice ways of doing things and, you know, which is a way to advance yourself um, from a career perspective. So I think there are a lot of um, financial 
um, from, a, from a nursing perspective it benefits, as well as from a family perspective. I mean, I came to America myself, and I, I'm not a nurse, by the way, so I've been working with nurses for many years, but I'm not a nurse myself. Um, but I came here 20 years ago. I came from South Africa, which is the most beautiful country, and I still, you know, forever love South Africa. Um, but there's a lot of crime in South Africa, and I had two little kids, um, and my husband, we came here and really just looking for a better future for my kids, um, which, you know, they are now grown up and they're very grateful to have had that opportunity. So it was a lot of sacrifices personally for me. And that's what all the nurses are going to be experiencing when they come here as well. And what your parent, your parents probably went through when they came here from Poland. I know you said, you know, your parents were from Poland, but there's a lot of sacrifice, but there's a lot of benefit living the, living the American dream. That that is right. So, from your thirty years of experience, or is it forty? I forget forty, thirty. Anyways, 30 years your, of recruitment experience. Thirty years of recruitment. Don't age okay. me, Matt. Yeah, that's <laughs> so rude. Sorry, guys. Don't attack <laughs> no, me on the fine. show. Here. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, with all, with all the experience, with all the stories that you hear, everything taken taken into consideration, the stories that you heard from these nurses that came overseas, what is some piece of advice or something they wished they knew? with at first he started so yeah the question is is what did they wish they knew before they started nursing before they came overseas that they wish they could tell their younger selves basically yeah and um, it's an interesting question i actually do i host a talk show for international nurses where um in in one of the very there are a few uh, hundred thousand people in there but um, we, I, actually, I actually asked that question of the nurses themselves who are in the US, what do they wish they knew before they came to the US? Um, and they all seem to say the same thing with the you know, same kind of themes. Um, number one is this journey is not for the faint-hearted. It's not an easy process. Um, it's not a quick process, but it's worth it. So you have to have determination, you have to have perseverance, and you've got to have the right partner, like a, a company like Kinetics USA, which were create, was created to help the nurses with that transition. You've got to educate yourself about the process. Um, and the, the benefits are enormous. So the success story, I mean, we have, if you look at our Kinetics USA reviews and Facebook page, you can see we've got hundreds of success stories. So it's possible. Um, but it's not an easy journey and you've, you know, you've, you've got to have that determination and that grit. Yeah. I, I love how you mentioned that. Yeah. So does your, do, do you and your company also help with like exporting nurses? Like you send us nurses to different countries. So we have done in the past and um, where we, we, and we have partnerships in the UK as well as um, in the, the UAE in Dubai area. And in the past we've done in other countries as well to Canada and South Africa, et cetera. But right now the demand has just been so huge and, and growing so, you know, growing so much um, in the US that we, these days we are really just focusing on the US. Um, it's not, you know, if we even take COVID out of the, out of the, the, out of the scenario, um, the, um, you know, it, it's not like you could say this time next year, something's going to change and the nursing shortage is going to get better. It's only going to get worse. I mean, that's the facts. So the demand here is enormous. And from our side, we really just, we want to help. You, it's you're not right. easy for the hospitals and it's not easy for the nurses. So from our side, we look at our 
our role as being able to help both sides to navigate that process. What's let, let's um, let's be a devil's advocate and um, you, you, you hear having all this experience and hearing all these reviews from nurses. What's one bad thing or something that they don't like about, let's just say, American healthcare, or what is one thing they wish they changed in America when it comes to the healthcare system? I think in the beginning, it's really hard from a lot of nurses have culture shock when they come to the US. So and a lot of nurses don't realize that not just from a clinical perspective, because from a clinical perspective, even if it's a very experienced nurse, there are a lot of things that are done differently in the US to in other countries. It might be anything from using electronic medical records, it could be the metric system, it can also just be the culture. You know, for instance, in some countries, nurses are taught to be, um, you know, the doctor's always right, um, and they need to obey the doctor's orders at all costs, whereas you come to America, and here you, you guys know this, you know, as nurses yourselves, that you have to be more independent, you have to have, you know, be more assertive, have more autonomy. So there's a lot of um, changes from a cultural perspective um, that make it a, a difficult, uh, sorry, from a clinical perspective that make it a difficult transition, but also just from a, just from a culture perspective. You know, everything's different. And I mean, for me personally, when I came to the US, we were driving on the other side of the road the, the way that schools are set up is different. You know, I'd never heard of credit history before. Um, international nurses won't have a credit history. Um, they come in and they don't understand how rent, how taxes work. Um, I mean, you know, what is a 401k? You know, all of those kinds of things. So there's a lot for the nurses to learn. And those first few months can be really a roller coaster. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, like me and Matt, we live predominantly our whole lives here and we're still like learning about, about certain things as, as we go on. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine coming to a whole different country and you, know, you don't really know anybody here and trying to assimilate. Like even like it's crazy because it changes state by state too. You know, so that's mm -hmm. like a, a whole nother thing. And then like the assimilation, like the culture changes. You, you, you drive to the East Coast, East Coast is a little bit different than, than the West Coast. Same with the, the North and like you drive from Illinois and you drive to like Texas or Arizona. The culture is completely different. So it's, it's a mm -hmm. lot. Definitely lots to take in. Yeah, yeah. Is there I, like I remember, a, sorry, go ahead. I just had a question where, was there yeah. a specific state that nurses, international nurses love that they really enjoy for anybody listening? Maybe they have a specific state in particular in mind? Um, I, you know, I think that there are a lot of international nurses in some specific states. So for instance, like there are a lot of Filipino nurses. I think they, the stats I saw was like 4 million, 4 million nurses and Oh gosh, I can't remember it off the top of my head now, but I think it was that 4% um, of them are Filipino and most of those are in about in five different states. Um, Hawaii, California, Texas, Florida. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but you know, so you, you, you do find to tend to find that they will congregate, you know, whether they, you know, it's Indian, African, so that, you know, from UK, Australia, New Zealand, wherever they're coming from, often people will tend to congregate um, with other people that come from a similar back, background. Um, and you do tend to find some states, there might be more international nurses than others. But these days, we're seeing, seeing international nurses going to all states. And as you know, there are pros and cons of every state. So... Um, you know, we, we're seeing a call from hospitals and nursing homes all over the U.S. 
now looking at international nurses, as I said, as another tool in their toolbox, another way to supplement their recruitment of American nurses. And I think one issue in healthcare is retention because, you know, you, you hear about burnout, you hear about nurses being, you know, exhausted, going on different units. I think retention is a huge factor of making international nurses very marketable and favorable. So um, that's kind of awesome that you guys have that because, you know, I, I'm a travel nurse, so therefore I don't care about who's on the unit and what happens. But Peter knows this very well. It sucks when you have nurses that continue start calling off or you, you're short every single day, every single night shift. And it's just annoying. And you need those nurses to come in and be at a place long term, you know? Yeah. It makes such a huge difference to have that retention, both from the nurse's perspective, because it's a more cohesive team and it's, it's a hard enough job. So if you don't have that, it just makes it even more difficult. And from the health, from the hospital leader's perspective, it's a huge um, peace of mind. If you know, I'm going to have this core of qualified, highly engaged, experienced nurses that are there and are staying. Yeah. And at my unit, we have like nurses that they weren't, I wouldn't necessarily call them like nurses that came here, like, like the, like the way you do things, not necessarily through a company, but they, they, they moved here like a few years back and they became nurses in the States. And you know, they're some of the best nurses, nurses that I know. We have a lot of Philippine nurses, a lot of nurses from, from India, from Africa, and English is like their second, la second language, but they're some of the smartest and most intelligent nurses I've ever worked with. Yeah. So there's, there's like a, there might be like a stigma where people might think that nurses from overseas aren't as knowledgeable or as educated as, as, as we are. Some of them are actually better than the nurses that, that we currently have. So that's, that stigma is, is, I would say it was completely false. Yeah. Tanya, where can we find you? After, after people are interested, maybe you want to hear more about this, more about your company, where, yeah. where are you currently? Is it YouTube? Is it Facebook? Yeah, so we have a very active uh, Facebook page. So check out our Kinetics USA Facebook page. We also have a very active YouTube channel, Kinetics USA YouTube channel. Um, and we have a lot of updates on the YouTube channel, you know, just in terms of um, like sequences of healthcare workforce resilience act and, and any changes to the visa bulletin, et cetera, those kinds of things. Um, we have our new website, well, which will be up early next week. So that's really exciting. Um, and from a client side, um, we have um, a lot of activity now on LinkedIn and our new LinkedIn page will be up next week as well. Awesome. So, yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Tanya. And, and Instagram. <laughs> and Instagram. Forget about Instagram. <laughs> is, that, is that just Kinetics USA? You're for Instagram? Kinetics USA. Yeah. Okay. There you guys. Thank you so much, Tanya Freeman, for devoting your time to his podcast. We do have a lot of nurses that are overseas that have asked us multiple times, how did they become a nurse here? Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. So now, now they know because the links we were providing probably wasn't, wasn't the best. So you guys have, you guys have it from, from Tanya. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And um, it was a fun discussion. Likewise, Tanya. Have a great day. Thank Take you. care. You too. Bye-bye.